Big and white. Big and white. Coming at you live. Ish. I'm big. And I'm white. And together, we are big and white. Welcome to the podcast. A podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. Our first episode, you guys. We're so excited that you're here. Episode one. Our three fans are listening. Pretty excited about that. Thank you so much to both of our moms. We love you. (laughs) And that other friend. You're the best. So, White, have you eaten today? Why, yes, Big. I have eaten today. And have you eaten today? I have. I have eaten. Oh, good, good. Chia, have have you drank tea? No, I had some coffee. I just had coffee, oh, so don't okay. even worry. Okay, so it happened. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, it good. <laughs> Today's episode is, since it's our first episode, we're going to talk about what it was like when we first moved to Nepal. Because we're in Nepal, in case you guys didn't know that. Yes, this podcast is about life in Nepal and Asia in general. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe first let's talk about why we want to do this podcast, what it's all about. So I feel like when I first moved here, I've been here about a year and a half. And when I first moved here, I had these grand visions of I was going to come and I was going to learn the language and I was going to like dress like locals and live like locals and have all these amazing deep relationships with locals. And I was basically going to become a Nepali. The localist. Absolutely. And they were just going to induct me into the community. But They were um, just going to forget that you weren't even Nepali. Exactly. But then I think pretty soon into moving, I realized that I was really white and taller than 90% of the people that I spent my time with. Including men. Exactly. Especially men. So yeah, so I realized that I was never going to come to a point where I was going to be good at the, good enough at the language or look enough like a Nepali that they weren't going to see me as either some like amazing white answer to their prayers and all of their problems <laughs> or as like some crazy person. And yeah, basically they were always going to wonder why I Terrifying was Terrifying white devil. Yes, exactly. So I kind of had to figure out what do I do with this identity that I can't actually get rid of. I was always going to be big. I was always going to be white. And I could either pretend that that wasn't the case or I could just figure out how to rock it. And embrace it. Exactly what big and white is about. Laugh at yourself. Exactly. Because what's life without if you take life too seriously, man, it's just it's just not even fun. Exactly. My mom always said. That you have to laugh or else you'll cry. That sounds about right. That's pretty much my life. (laughs) Especially circling back to our topic for today. The first five months of living here was pretty much that was my theme. Laugh or you will cry. I agree with White. I think maybe I didn't have such dreamy dreams. I was slightly older and slightly more jaded when I moved here, but... I still definitely thought I was going to get in a lot deeper than I am, but I I feel really, I've been here for almost four years now, which is crazy. Go nuts university. Um, but yeah, I just have accepted that I'm going to be the foreigner and you know, people will enjoy me, but yeah. they're not going to be my best friend and that's mm-hmm. okay. Cause I have a million other amazing best <laughs> friends that are from other countries. So that's right. 
We are foreigners, but we still get the huge privilege of living in Nepal and getting to experience Nepal on a daily basis. And so we love Nepal and we love getting to learn about it. And we want to be able to share that with you guys. Exactamento. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for being here with us. We hope you think we're as funny as we think we are. Exactly. Or if you just love how we laugh, like just tune in for that because we think we're hilarious. So you can listen to us think that we're hilarious. I'll try not to break your ear balls with my... <laughs> I have to hold the mic away laugh. We're pretending to be pop singers when we like pull the mic away. All pop singers make these glorious noises that I make, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Alright, why shall we uh should we start talking about what it was like when we first moved to this Let's, this here lovely country yeah. that we are so passionate about? If we can remember back that far. That's right. Oh my goodness. Did you have I have a question for you before we start talking about what it was like to move here. When you like before you moved here, did you have any awkward moments where no one knew where Nepal was? Yes. I had so many people who like I would say, oh, yeah, I'm moving to Nepal. And they would say, oh, I've always wanted to go to India. Like, ah. Better than my friend who said something about Nepal. And the person was like, oh, that's in Africa, right? (laughs) Like, ooh, not even the right continent. Just (laughs) not happening. Yeah, that is not a way to continue a conversation. I'm not sure what to say after that. Right? It's so awkward. It's like, you don't want to, like, make them feel dumb. I mean, even though they are dumb. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. If if you didn't know where Nepal was. I guess maybe we should tell you where Nepal is. Then yeah, you can feel superior just like us. It's not in Africa. And it's not India. It's like its own country. It's not Tibet Whoa. either. Yeah. Everyone thinks I live in Tibet. Yeah. So some people call Nepal the yam stuck between two boulders. That's a Nepali saying, and the boulders are India and China. So just think like India triangle and then China monstrosity. And there's just like a little strip of Mount Everest plus jungle. And that's our lovely little Nepal. That's where we live. It's basically the size of Tennessee. Oh, I did not know that. I have no context for the size of Tennessee. (laughs) How big is it compared to California? Because that's the only state I know. (laughs) It's not compared. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I like to tell Nepal is there's more people living in my state than in Nepal. Nepal is like 30 million people. And they're always like, mind blown. (laughs) I feel like they can't quite comprehend that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Completely different world. So, White, when you first moved to not India, not Tibet, Mm. what, how did you feel? Tell, Tell me a story. Story time. Tell me a tale, White, about arriving in Nepal. Well, can tell you the story of the first time that I cried in Nepal. Can't wait. Or rather, the first time that I really tried to cry in Nepal. So, um, within 60 days of getting into the country, you need to get a visa. And so I'm like figuring out life in Nepal. I'm doing language learning full time and I'm also figuring out how to get this new visa. And so I'm riding my bike all over the city and going to the immigration office and all of these other offices. 
um, and feeling pretty cool for that. But basically, it was a pretty stressful time. There's like a hundred steps and you're always having to like go back and talk to the same person again and call them and confirm and make changes and then come back again and pay a bazillion dollars. (laughs) It's a very fun situation. Yeah. So I'm like kind of battling between feeling really cool that I'm doing this, like some of the steps I did by myself and on my bike, going to places that you can't find on Google Maps. (laughs) And so like stop. How do we even do it? <laughs> I still don't know. Stopping and asking people along the way, like, where's the immigration office? And they just look at you like you're insane because you're using two months of Nepali that are bad. Me, I go. Place. <laughs> you know place. Now? <laughs> exactly. And uh anyway, what was my whole point? Oh yeah, yeah. So I do this. Um, this is my second trip to immigration office. And then after immigration, I had to go to another office across town. And so um, I'm just feeling really stressed out this whole time. And also really stressed out because remember, my entire vision of living here was that I was going to have these amazing deep relationships. And I pictured like walking down the road and seeing like everyone would know me and be like, Oh, hi, (laughs) let me share a laugh. Yes, it's so great. And it wasn't like that. And so after all of this stressful experience of paying a bajillion dollars and all these office visits, and I'm like really dehydrated and just heading home and I'm like, my life is so terrible. I'm just not doing well in this country. And I get home and I'm like, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Crying always makes you feel better. (laughs) Then I'll just be able to get on with life and everything will be fine. And so like I sit down on the couch and I'm like. Initiate here. (laughs) Ducks. I sit down on my couch and I'm like, uh, like trying to cry and like tears kind of come into my eyeballs and then they immediately just get reabsorbed and I'm like, what's wrong? And I realize that I've been out in the sun for like eight hours that day on my bike and I was so dehydrated that I was like completely dried up. And um, I was like, I can't even cry in Nepal. My life is horrible. I can't function as a human. So then I just went to the shop and I bought biscuits and toilet paper and got on with my life. Wow. Yeah. Biscuits. Yep. <laughs> for for you Americans, biscuits are cookies. In Nepal, there's kind of this weird like mix of British and American English, so... If you're ever confused, just like Google the word and <laughs> find out what the American translation is. There you go. I'm trying to think what a good story for me to tell yeah. is. Well, Big, do you have any great entry stories to Nepal? Or do you uh, have too many? <laughs> yeah, I think I have too many. I don't know. Yours was so good. I feel like mine's not going to be as good. Um, I'll talk about the first time I went to the village in Nepal. So yes. I had been living here for like... A month, maybe? And then uh, one of my friends was going on a work trip to the village. And so she invited me and another girl to come so we could, you know, like experience the village and sort of see like what our work was going to be. Because when we first moved here, we spent a bunch of time language learning before we actually started our like job jobs or research jobs. So she's like, oh, come and see what it's like. So we take the bus and it's all exciting, you know, whatever. And then we get, we get, we meet them in um, Pokhara, which is kind of like a touristy town on this lake. It's really nice. 
And they're like, okay, like we're going to take a Jeep to the village. So I'm like sort of a city girl. And this was my first time taking like an off-roading Jeep somewhere. <laughs> and so we're the four of us gals are sitting across this bench seat in this Jeep. And it just was exactly like the Indiana Jones ride at <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> Awesome. I don't know if you've been on the Indiana Jones ride, but it's like it's the the track is stable, but then the little thing you sit in is on hydraulics and it bumps around, so it, it's supposed to feel like you're bumping. But whoever made that ride is amazing because <laughs> I was seriously spot on. So then on that day, and basically ever since, anytime I go off roading in Nepal, that the Indiana Jones song immediately comes into my head. Like, <laughs> Or if I just like feel cool on my bicycle, like bumping over some potholes, like <laughs> and like there's a map overlay somehow that shows yeah. your track the like across Kathmandu. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. It was right after the rainy season, after monsoon, so the roads were like terrible, and it, we got stuck. And these people came along with their tractor randomly and like pulled us out, which was amazing. But then, like, being in the village, too, was so interesting because we couldn't, like, our Nepali wasn't very good yet, you know. So you could, like, sort of understand a little bit, like, vaguely what's going on. I remember being so nervous to stand up in front of a group and, like, give my introduction. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was, like, practicing over and over in the bus. Like, my name is... I am from America. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm going to forget everything. <laughs> and it's so funny looking back now because it's like the easiest thing to yeah. do, you know? It's like all the things you learn first. And like, I guess I it's interesting to be beyond that hump of like being nervous when speaking mm-hmm. the language and like trying to remember back. I also remember doing that when I... The first time I ever took a taxi by myself. Oh, yes. I definitely know that feeling. Because you have to hear the way it works. There isn't like a meter. There's not like a set price. You have to bargain for the amount before you get into the taxi. And so I remember, okay, I feel like feel nervous thinking about it. It's so funny. <laughs> but I remember walking from my house like toward the taxi stand where all the taxis line up and like whispering to myself the whole conversation. Like, okay, I'll say this and then he'll say this <laughs> and then I'll suggest 200, no, 20, no, Oh God, I can't remember the numbers. I'm just going to say it in English. (laughs) So nervous. It's amazing. But it went okay? Yeah. Yeah. It went, I mean, I don't remember, so it must have gone fine. Either went great or like really bad. (laughs) And I blocked out the memory forever. (laughs) Oh man. Well, White, um, we have some questions here that I want to ask you about your experience like when you first moved here. So what's something that, like when you moved here felt so weird to you that was just so different from what you had experienced before but now you're totally used to and like you don't it doesn't even phase you it feels like really normal um I would say sleeping arrangements is definitely something that I got used to that's a good um like even in my flat has been rented by foreigners for like 30 years so it's well stocked with things that foreigners like but the mattresses are still pretty hard by american standards yeah so that took getting used to and also like any time that i'm traveling sleeping arrangements are so different because there's not the same concept of private and shared space Mm -hmm. as america or the west would have so people pretty much just 
use beds for benches or sofas during the day. And then when it's time to go to sleep, they just go to sleep. And my first time going to the village, that shocked me a bit when they asked, oh, do you want the bed to yourself or do you want to share? And I assumed that meant the room. (laughs) Um, And then four other people came in (laughs) and left the light on until the last person came in. And I was just really confused the whole time. <laughs> but, you know, once, like, I came to understand kind of more what was expected of me, then, you know, it was fine. You just kind of get on with it. Yeah, definitely different customs than right. what we might expect. I feel like, I like, for me, I mean, there's so many things it's hard to think now because they feel normal, you know? Like, mm. it's hard to remember what wasn't normal. But my... My thing is kind of similar, but it's more just about like personal space in general. Like just, I mean, I think this is kind of a known thing that like Asians tend to have a smaller personal space bubble than Westerners. But I think it's like pretty extreme here. So especially like in public transportation, like it's after I moved here, there was this fuel crisis. So like there weren't enough buses. So all the buses were just like over full all the time you know like squeezing people in like everyone hold your breath while we close the door (laughs) but even not like people just aren't even weirded out by it like like you just touch other people that you've never seen before and will never see again and I kind of like it used to weird me out more I think it still weirds me out with men I guess but like with women if I'm on the bus next to some lady that's like kind of fat and a little squishy i'm like hmm yeah and I, like <laughs> cuddle up and i'm like ah. then you can like relax because as the bus is going on this crazy windy road instead of bumping around you're just like all wedged in yes it's really comfy i love it maybe someone hands you their baby or yes or their box of chickens yes you never yeah. know yep true is there anything that when you moved here was weird and is still weird today I mean, yes. <laughs> I think when I was thinking about this, the first thing that came to my mind was babies. Like, people just handle their babies so much differently than we do in the States. Like, they don't use diapers. So I have managed to avoid getting peed on. But pretty much everyone I know, especially in the village, like, here, hold a baby. Well, now your lap is all wet. <laughs> It's like people just know they kind of time it and like hold their baby out over the the dirt floor and just like let them pee or whatever. <laughs> it's weird. And people are like weirded out. Some Nepalis, it's becoming more common to use diapers, but some Nepalis are super weirded out if you use diapers. They're all concerned. Like, no, your baby's legs are going to grow crooked. <laughs> like <laughs> Diapers are not that powerful. You guys, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I like will never get over is they're so terrified of their babies being cold oh yes they wrap them up in like adult sized blankets or my favorite i call it the marshmallow baby <laughs> they have these crazy they're like fluffy snowsuit kind of things that they put their babies in, in the winter and it's just they look like the michelin man they're just like poofed out like they can hardly <laughs> move you know it's like flopping around just like <laughs> But people legit, like, I met a doctor, and she said her Nepali neighbor was all concerned because her baby had a fever. She's like, can you come over and look at my baby? And it was summer. And the doctor went over, and they had the baby wrapped in this huge blanket. And she's like, well, no wonder it's hot. Mm. And she tried to put, like, a cool compress on the baby's forehead, and they wouldn't let her. They were like, no, no, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be cold and get sick. They're like, 
she's clearly. sick right now. The opposite has Aww. happened. Yeah, I think I'll never get used to that. How about you? Is there anything? Yeah, something that continues to surprise me is, I think we've talked about this before, you and I, but how many dogs are on walls in (laughs) Nepal? Like, I can tell you this information, but if you haven't been to Nepal, then it's kind of hard to understand how many dogs are on walls. How do they get up there? Well, even, I mean, yeah, how do they get up and why do they like to hang out up there? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a very natural place for them. They love it. I'll have to post to our Instagram account, which I'm sure that you guys will just be so excited to look at, but clearly time to stalk us on all the social medias. There's a dog that I see often that he has a very important job of sitting up on his wall. It's actually on the roof, but it's a wall on the roof. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and like looking out over the street and barking at everybody that comes by. And he thinks he's so cool. (laughs) You guys, this is my world, okay? (laughs) The king. Oh my gosh, king dog. Can we hear all of the hammering that's going on? Yes, we can. Guys, just FYI, my we're recording this at my house, and my neighbors have been doing instruction for like, Oh my gosh, probably six months now. <laughs> they t- their house broke in the earthquake, so they have took it down by hand. Two dudes, one with a sledgehammer, one with a jackhammer. For months, they were taking the house apart, floor by floor. Now, they are putting it all back up again, and they're making it bigger, and it's just been like an eternity of construction. I don't know when it will end. So, yeah, we're giving you the authentic experience if you hear hammering or jackhammering or anything like that. Dogs Enjoy. barking, airplanes flying overhead. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just all natural part of our lives here. Also, I just realized that we're wearing the same shirt. Target. Yes. Clearance rack. Ooh, mine's older than that. I got it when it was like hip. Okay. Oh well. I got an Arkansas, so Yeah, we get the cool stuff earlier than you guys. Exactly. The best coast. Hmm. No coast. (laughs) coast. (laughs) Okay, Wyatt, I have another question for you about your experience moving here. So what is something that when you first moved here you loved and you thought was so awesome and now totally gets on your nerves and you hate? Um, I will say that when I moved here, as I already alluded to in my last story, Biscuits were like cookies were a really big part of my life. Like basically every day I would eat a pack of biscuits. And that's this isn't like a huge thing, you know, like Oreo. It's like a sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> Granted, they're kind of they're called digestives, which is creepy. But I don't even know. Yeah. But they're um there's like sort of like healthy cookies. Like they're they're like if you turned oatmeal into a cookie, it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, so There's still cookies though, let's be real. I was Don't like, hide your shame. That's true. I yeah. It's it's just what it is. <laughs> and I was fig- I couldn't really cook yet and I, everything was exhausting and I was doing language learning all the time and everything was hard and so I would like 
come home from language learning, be like, man, I did so many hard things today. I deserve a treat. <laughs> and then I would go and buy the only food that I knew how to prepare, which was biscuits that I just had to open the package for and drink with coffee or eat with coffee. Yeah. Um, so I gained probably like at least 10 pounds oh my in my God. first five months. I ate like an extra 800 calories of biscuits every day. Dude, I want to see a picture of you. I don't remember you being fat. It's because it all goes to my butt. <laughs> I guess I wasn't staring at I your butt that, all the time. I had that, that booty. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Then a poly 15. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I realized that. You know, I've been here for six months and I do something hard every day. And that doesn't mean I can eat a sleeve of Oreos every day. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of I well, I would love to say I'm completely over them, but you never mostly will I just had to stop. Admit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I opened your desk drawer the other day because I was looking for some work <laughs> stuff and I found your stash of digestives. So don't lie. Those are word list digestives, though. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I just, Keep telling yourself I that. I forgot that they were in there, actually. But the strawberry pencils in there, those those are precious. Bringing her weird UK candy. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm pretty cool. Like, American candy, whatever. But UK candy. Yeah. It's the new thing. The new hip thing. <clears throat> yeah, what about you, big? My thing that I wrote down is more about Nepali culture. People do this thing, which bothers the heck out of me now, <laughs> where they ask you, like, super obvious questions. Mm. I think, I mean, it's kind of like, you're just like, it's just a conversation topic. You're just observing what's going on, you know. But I think it's like the way people do it. And I just, I get this horrible sarcastic instinct that I just want to create. Like, I'll get home from work and our neighbor will be like, oh, did you come home from work? I'm like... <laughs> No, I'm at the store. Like, yes, you can see me. <laughs> oh, did, you know, did you arrive from America? Like, no, I'm still in America. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> I think that when I moved here, I loved it because I felt like, oh, people are wanting to engage with me and they're wanting to talk with me. And usually it's like a really simple topic. So it's like, you're learning language, you're all excited. Like, yes, we have this point of connection. Like, did you come home? And you're like, Yes, I did come home. <laughs> oh my god, I can have a conversation. So excited! But now I just want I like I've I've actually a couple times tried the sarcastic thing like, oh, did you get wet in the rain? No, I'm dry. <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that the old dry humor doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so what about something that the opposite, like something that when you first moved here was so difficult for you, but now you like kind of love it? Uh, What's the word? Nepalis have a different concept of things that are rude than we have. So talking about (laughs) illnesses, like, oh, your stomach hurts. Oh, have you pooped? And like that's totally fine. Yeah, my host one was so mystified. Why he was, she was like, I don't understand. Like, why would you say I need to be near the toilet? Why don't you just say I have diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like couldn't explain it to her. Yeah. <laughs> or they like 
it's not weird if they ask like oh what's wrong with your face if you have (laughs) acne which i do and uh yeah so there there is no room for feeling self-conscious in nepal you have to just accept what you look like and like that's okay yeah it's crazy like the I don't know. Someone told me recently, this made so much sense to me, that in some Asian cultures, like, or more indirect cultures, that you're allowed to talk about things that you can see. So you can be like, oh, you're fat. Or like, oh, you're looking really skinny. Or, you know, like, what's another example? I don't know. This is something like that we can, you know, everyone can engage with. But then you'd be less likely to talk about your feelings. You know, someone's like, how are you? And you're like, I've just been really lonely lately. They'd be like, awkward. Yeah. Whereas like in Western culture, at least in American culture, I feel like it's the opposite. Like if I ask someone like, you know, I don't know how are you? And they're like, oh my God, I have had the weirdest diarrhea. You'd be like, awkward. But then if they talked about their emotions, like that would be fine. But yeah. it is really nice to kind of be like forced to learn to just be honest. Like, why wouldn't you talk about that? It's kind of helpful. Like, oh yeah, I had weird poop. And then the other <laughs> person can give you advice about your poop. <laughs> but I probably shouldn't come up to you in America and be like, oh my gosh, you're so white. <laughs> I'm so dark. Oh, you're so white. And you're just, you were just born like that? Wow. We're so black. It's gross. (laughs) No, I think you're beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And how about you? Do you have anything that you used to hate and now you kind of have come to accept or love? Yeah, I do. Actually, one thing I was just thinking about this the other day. I feel it feels so good to be somewhere long enough where you feel competent. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm so good at life. But when I first moved here, I had so much frustration with how you can't just go shopping at one store. Like, <laughs> like okay, I need six things and I need to go to four stores to get them all. Or you think it's going to be two stores, but then one of the stores doesn't have the thing you need. So then you go to a third store, but then they don't have it either. So then you have to like flag down the vegetable guy (laughs) on the road. (laughs) And I just, I think it was like, you know, when you're, you're new to a place, everything feels exhausting. Like everything is hard. So every store you have to go to is like this big effort. So if you have to go to four stores, like, ah, I'm going to (laughs) die. But now I kind of love it. Like, it makes me feel super competent. I'm like, mm, I need a light bulb. I know. I'll go to the light bulb store. Or <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, it's just kind of fun, like, to plan it out in your mind. Like, okay, first I'll go here. Then I'll go here. Then you go there. Like, no, now I have to backtrack. And you have, I don't know. I, I think then, like, now when I go to the U.S. or another country that isn't like that so much, it feels kind of disappointing or like boring. <laughs> like any of these twelve things are like great. We can get that all at Fred Meyer. Like, oh, you just want to order that from just, Amazon? <laughs> it'll just arrive at our house. Is that is that easy? Like so boring. I want to have five conversations with nice people. That's true. I I store up all of my errands for like one afternoon of like slight misery, but then I kind of come home and I'm like. I did so much today. So I feel so good about myself. Yeah. So proud of you. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And now we're pros and we know how to do everything. 120% yeah. expert all the time. Well, let's let's move on to our special segment of the week. 
This week we're going to do direct translations because sometimes things that sound so normal when you say them in Nepali would be hilarious in English and so weird. This week, we want to demonstrate for you what it's like to have a phone call in Nepali. I, Big, will be calling White, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be real awkward. Get yourselves ready for your own sanity. We will not speak in Nepali. Oh yeah, direct translation directly into English. Yes, ain't you ready? Okay, ring, 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 ring. Hello. 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 Oh, hello. Where are you? Oh, I'm I'm at my house. Have you eaten yet? Oh, yes, yes. I just I just finished. Have you eaten? Uh, no, I haven't eaten yet. Oh. Where are you? Are you in the village? I'm at Are the, you in Kathmandu? I'm at the office. I'm in the village. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, where's where's your friend? Uh which friend? Your friend. That Our friend. White friend? Yes. Foreigner friend? Yes. Uh, is she also in Kathmandu or did she go to America? Oh, she's in Kathmandu. Yes. Also, your other friend, is he coming? He said he was coming to visit. <laughs> oh, he hasn't come yet? When is he coming? Oh, I don't know. Have you, have you talked to him? No. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Have you watched the World Cup? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. Oh. 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 Well, bye. Okay, let's hang, hang up, up now. now. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. okay. 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 Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Because there's no reason to not answer. Exactly. So if you're in Nepal and you see that you have seven missed calls, don't assume that something terrible has happened. <laughs> they would just like to talk to you. Yeah. Just call to say hi. Yeah. yeah. So you should probably answer your phone. Like even if you're in a meeting, mm-hmm. even if you're doing a presentation, <laughs> yes. you can answer. It's fine. If you're on the bus. <laughs> if you're in the bathroom. <laughs> I haven't encountered that one yet. <laughs> yeah, you, if you ever come, you can test out and see if you can talk about doing bathroom things while you're in the bathroom on the <laughs> yeah. phone and see if that crosses Hello, any lines. where are you? I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love though people don't ask like, who is this? Or they don't identify themselves. Oh, like, that's true. They ask where you are. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard that the reason for that is it used to be like the landlines would get all switched up because the technology was so bad. So you would like accidentally call the wrong place. So if you called somewhere instead of being like, oh, is this, you know, like such and such bakery or is this like Kelsey's house? You would just be like, where are you? And they're like, oh, I'm in Coopendale. You're like, nope, wrong number. <laughs> I get calls like that all the time. I'm like, no, I think you have the wrong number. I'm a foreigner. And they're like, where are you? I'm like, uh, well, I'm in Sonipa. Mm, you're right. It's a wrong number. Goodbye. <laughs> like they won't believe you until you tell them your location. <laughs> or once I was so, it was so interesting. I was at, um, I was at like a partner office. So he, like we do research here, but we work with some other like Nepal based linguistics organizations. 
So that's like such a good chance to learn how to do stuff. It's like watch a Nepali do it, you know? So I was watching this guy make a phone call and he was calling someone that he had never called before. And so it was like, hello, hello. And they said, hi, I'm calling from Kathmandu. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, and the guy who he was talking to was like, oh, really? That's great. Like, um, I don't know. There's just like not the need for identification of person. So then after he said where he was calling from, then he explained like why he was calling. I, I just, it's kind of mystifying amazing. and fascinating. Yeah. All right. So now we have come to the section on our show when we have a question for you. It's time. Our three plus listeners. You guys have to have some responsibility too. It's not all us over here. Because we need your help. We are in Nepal and there are some questions about America that we have that we don't have the answer to. We need your help so bad. So bad. So um, the other night, I was looking through a food service, like a food delivery app. It's like Uber Eats for you Americans and you city people. Yeah, city people, because I'm fairly sure Arkansas doesn't have that. But you can tell me if they've suddenly gotten it. But anyway, so I was on this food delivery app just planning out my life for the lunch the next day. And messaging me about it at 10.40 p.m. like you do. As one does. And I came across this amazing company, like this health food store or whatever, that s- delivers things like wheatgrass and what else was on there? Wheat- Kale. Local honey. Things like that. Like so berries like, or juice or something. Yeah. So I was really excited. Magical things that are difficult to find here. Yes. And then there was this one thing called Yakun. Yakon. Yahon. Yahon. That C <laughs> might be silent. The Y might be silent. Akon. Yakin. Yakin. It looks like bacon, but it starts with a Y and not a B. You got me? Um, and so they were just selling Yakin, right? I feel like there was like yakin? four or five different items that I don't even know what they were. Yeah. Was it like yakin juice? Yakin? Yakin? I don't, I don't remember. But they kind of were basing the prem off the premise that we knew what yakin was, <laughs> and I didn't. But I was pretty sure that it was going to solve all of my health problems. And I actually, I saw it the next day, too. I was buying kale, as one does, at a real <laughs> store, as one does. And I saw it. Yak and juice. Juice. Yeah. Mm, I feel like it could be really good or like really disgusting, but you just muscle it down because it cures your cancer. Exactly. Until two years from now when they find out that it also like gives you cancer. (laughs) Somehow at the same time. Yeah. Um, So all of that to say, our question for you, America, is, is yakin a thing there? And if it is, can you explain why one would consume it and potentially how would be the best method of consumption? Like, is it the new chia seeds or is it like a sweet potato or... Is it bacon for vegans? Mm. Is it bacon from like the Yukon? Please help us. Send us all the messages. Our email is bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. So you should email us at bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com and then we will read 
your listener responses. We sure will. We don't have anything else to do. You are our whole life. It's true. It's kind of sad, but we will be waiting. And while you're doing that, because we know that you'll respond, um, you should also follow us over at Instagram. Our handle is at Big White Podcast. We got the old book face as well. The Facebooks. You should check that out. It's a newfangled thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. And also give us a rating on whatever podcast method of your choosing. iTunes, SoundCloud, Pod, Pod. I don't know any pod other ones. World, World Pod. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Millennial over here is in charge of uh, our social media, so... <laughs> She'll write some inspirational quotes for you guys. Don't even worry. (laughs) Uh, But we also have a secret mission for you. It's called... Please keep our identity a secret. We we know that the only people listening to this right now are our moms and third mystery friends. So you all know who we are. But just like, don't post our names on social media uh, or anything that's linking to our podcasts. Yep. Cause yeah. remember my name is big. Yeah. And my name is white. Get it right. You guys. Yeah. That's the big white secret yep. for yep. all of you. To that keep. would be awesome. Cool. That was, <laughs> that was really awkward. Okay. Well, I really like to keep things as awkward as possible around here. So. I hope you guys like awkward because it's going to be 80% of our <laughs> podcast. Um, cool, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to our first episode. You guys rock. We really hope that you found this awesome and not boring. And please stay tuned for episode number two coming up. It's going to be five questions no 10 questions Mm -hmm. we're each bringing five to the table i can do math and i think you're gonna love it so here's the big and white signing off we'll sign off like a traditional nepali phone call okay okay all right okay 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 bye bye okay 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 bye